Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of Upstate Unconventional. I'm Rosie, along and, here with uh, this guy. <laughs> and I'm this guy. Um, yeah, we got a really cool episode today. We got author Craig LeFay. Uh, he's written a bunch of books. His latest one is Fallout, a novel. It's based on his experiences with uh, alien abduction. And this is a really cool interview. It's very, it's a little out there but in a good way. Uh, Rosie couldn't make it on the interview, and this was weird. So, like, before the interview, we lost... We had a snow day. So we were supposed to do the interview during the day. We ended up having a snow day. <clears throat> so the kids were home. We just couldn't do it. So then we were going to do it at night. And uh, we lost power, like, four hours before the yep. interview. And I was like... I'm sorry, Craig, you're not going to believe this, but we just lost power. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, I believe it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this kind of stuff happens. And sure enough, like about a half hour before uh, nine o'clock, power came back on. It was all good. We recorded. And uh, this is what's interesting. So last night, it's been a crazy week. Our life is just insane all the time. So like last night, I was finally able to sit down and just edit the episode. And it was beautiful yesterday. Nice day, sunny. I start editing this episode around 9 o'clock last night. Out of nowhere, we start getting 50 mile an hour winds. We got like a random little snowstorm. I really thought we were going to lose power. I was like, if we lose power, I'm going to flip out. Yeah. And it was just... It was weird. Uh-huh. I, like, I don't like high winds like that. Mm -hmm. And it was where the whole house was... Like shaking. You could hear every window rattling. Mm-hmm. So, just just interesting. Just going to make a note of that. Mm hmm But, uh, yeah, before we ramble on too much, we really hope you enjoy the episode. It's a good one. And uh, if you like the show, leave us a five-star review. And check out our Inst or, uh, YouTube channel. We're going to start uploading more content to there. And like I said before, uh, check out Craig's website. It's dimensionalhealings.com. He's got links to all his books there. You can book a reading with him, the, the whole nine yards. But check that out and enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. Tonight, um, I'm joined by a very special guest. He's the author of eight books. He is an energy healer. He's channel uh, a channeler, a contactee, and you do Reiki, right? Correct. Uh, energy healing, Reiki, and uh, a mixture of other things in there. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, Craig Lefay, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Excited to finally get a chance to talk to you. I know, and we had some uh, interesting. I'm going to say possible blockages preventing this from happening tonight, and. Uh, yeah. So we we were originally that would be my fault. <laughs> <laughs> we were originally scheduled, and I mean, you scheduled this like at least a month ago, and yep. uh, sure enough, the kids were off from school today, and it would have been impossible to try and <laughs> record with them in the house. And then around five o'clock tonight, we lost power, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I I, I just I felt so bad. I was like, "There's no." That's why I had to send you the like national grid. Like it came back on. I wasn't making that up. I swear. But uh, yeah, it, it was just so. I, I take that as a sign that like this needed to happen, and something out there was preventing that. But you said that that's not that unusual of an occurrence. 
you want to get into that a little bit before we jump into your book? It's I, I've had other interviews in uh, meetings waylaid before. It's just I've had this sense and in, in stuff with, to do with my books and other things, too. It's it's just kind of come up as a repeating pattern. So I always make note of it. And I'm like, nope, you're not going to block me. So I started doing some energy work and sending uh, spirit your way, so to speak, in uh, about a half hour ago. And luckily it pulled through. Yeah, I got the note. Well, the lights came on at like 938. And then I got the email, confirmed it. Like I didn't know the power was on. But yeah, it, it's it's interesting how this stuff works. But I guess we can jump right into that, like the mm -hmm. energy healing and sending energy or someone's way or because I, I've always how do I say this I want to believe that like you can do this stuff remotely and I, I do believe that you can but some people are very skeptical about that and what are your mm -hmm. thoughts on sending energy remotely with uh, Reiki and things like that sure I mean <clears throat> if you look at everything from the perspective that we're in the now moment that the future and the past are all coinciding at this very moment. So it doesn't matter if you are halfway around the globe. Everything is happening in the present moment. It's if we agreed to connect, then we're our energy fields are there. Uh, like another example of this would be if you were going into a lecture hall and you were having a science class, you'd never met any of those people in that class before. And this is the first time you're attending the class. You're a little nervous. You don't know if what the instructor is going to be like. Uh, is there going to be a girl in there? Is she cute? Maybe it, there'll be a chance that I'll have a, a friend that will show up that I didn't know it was supposed to be in the class. So energetically, your spirit is already coordinating this before you've even stepped in the room. Your energy is stepped into that room, and it's already connected with, with all those other energies to make that moment happen. So you have this kind of fluid that is, you know, this Donnie Darko thing that is moving energy throughout the universe. And we're not just physically connecting when we're talking. We're energetically, we're spiritually connecting. And in some instances, you know, like you and your wife, you're karmically connecting as well. So you're picking up past, present, future moments of yourselves to work on whatever that agreement was that you and Rosie had before you got together. And for me, it feels like you're healing past situations that with her, there, there was some, some instance where she was struck down. And I don't know if this was, it feels like something like, you had trouble protecting her before that, like you were supposed to come to her aid was the feeling that I get from it. But everything is kind of coinciding in, in this kind of ocean of energy and how we're taught what reality is, is very, very basic. So your parents send you to school, you have to learn the alphabet, you have to learn to color in the lines. You go through this indoctrination of, you know, learning basic math. And that is how you start to define the world. And you learn that's a bird. That's a boy. That's a girl. That's the color red. And you kind of enter this sort of entrainment where that's all you see. But once you start to open up all these other energy centers in yourself, in, in, work through that energy and start to bring it up 
and have it connect with other energy centers. So your heart center, for example, is now connected with your second chakra. Second chakra, you have the color um, orange, you have sexuality, and then you on the reverse side of that, you have money. So you're moving those energies through your heart and all of a sudden you're having less stress about money. It feels to be more fluid because you're not blocking it and you're accepting it into your life. So mentally you're changing your position on how you receive money because your heart is now open to it. So we have all these other, this other highway that is going on inside of our bodies, but we haven't been taught how to use it. So a lot of us who are spiritual, we haphazardly are just going through life and we're clearing out the old blockages. We're doing shadow work. We're processing old karma. Um, another example too, we're, we're born into these families where we have to process these traumas again and again. And we're trying to get that stuff out of the way so these energies can flow correctly. And sometimes even after we move the obstacles out of the way, Say, you know, you had a terrible relationship with your dad and he liked to smack you in your head and call you stupid. So what does that do to you energetically that you carry that through life and how are you going to heal it? You cut out for one second there, but uh, sure. I heard energy center. But before we jump back into that, I mean, you're spot on with a lot of the karmic stuff between me and Rosie, like, and it goes both ways. I mean, she got me out of a lot of really bad behaviors I was in and, and vice versa, just so many things that I'm not going to get into right now, but you hit the nail on the head with that. And it just reminds me of the whole idea of like the word magic and all this and not talking negative about yourself. Cause you're already putting that out there. I mean, we try so hard to be mindful of the words we say in the house. Cause like, we'll even hear our six-year-old say things like I'm stupid. And it's like, no, don't say that. You're not stupid. Like don't yeah. use that word anymore. And uh, yeah, it's just really fascinating because so many times like we we put these uh ideas out there and and they usually manifest a lot of times i've noticed recently it's like i'll have a maybe negative thought about something we're going to or doing but it turns out it's fine but in mm -hmm. the past it was very much like this is going to suck i don't want to be here but and it, and it ended up being exactly what we you know what i thought it would be mm -hmm. negative so yep. it's just so interesting to think about that and i can assume that you are also an empath based on yes yours yes. so i want to get into that a little bit too because this is a new newer phrase for me i mean the last like two years I, i've someone called me an empath and it, it just kind of made sense and my whole life i've been so sensitive to everything i can walk into a room and just tell instantly who is okay who i don't want to be near things like that. And, uh, and you yeah, so. instantly know that you don't like someone and you haven't spoken two words to them. You, yeah. you just look, you just set like the type of person that you are, you just set your eyes on them and you've already like entered the soul and you're like, or energetically looking far back into who they are. And it's in the matter of a split second. And the, the thing is that you have to make sure you don't second guess it. When those thoughts and feelings come to you, it's like my teacher says, it's a thread. So you get the very end of that thread. And if you wish to look into it and you're like connecting with somebody to find out what the issue is, you start pulling that thread. And if you just start talking about it, uh, the other kind of the higher self 
ends up kicking in and you know almost like almost like a turbo or something to that effect spiritually and then you, you start talking and it keeps coming and you keep working at it more information will come from it you know what i mean yeah but you guys with, with you and rosie going back to that you guys are always picking each other up lifetime to lifetime which is very fascinating and then there was the one where i i'd mentioned to her because i wanted to get together with rosie and connect with her about her past her past life because you guys are doing a podcast and then you're talking about cape cod and then i had seen i had I saw her like as she was talking, sometimes stuff just comes to me as a Native American woman. But I also saw you there as this kind of pilgrimesque male, masculine dominant person. So I don't know if that's where the karma chain kind of connected, where you might have felt sorry for her or bad for her or something, that there was some kind of bridge being built, you know, karmically between the two of you that needed to be healed up until this point that's really interesting and and even the way we met in this lifetime is pretty fascinating because like it, it all boiled down to like where i had my student teaching placement i used to be an english teacher before i got out of the system and realized what it was uh they, they didn't have a placement for me and you do your two placements you go and student teach whatever i had my one set but i didn't have one for the early fall and I just randomly got put into this little school district, Greenville School District here. And uh, the teacher I was with happened to be friends with Rosie. And their kid, their her older son, was in the same preschool as her daughter. And it's like Rosie was living in this woman's childhood home. There were so many weird little like connections that synchronicities. happened. Yeah, synchronicities. Yeah. And it's like it had to... I had to be placed there at this time. And she even mentioned Rosie to me at one point, but she was still married at the time and was like, oh, you guys would be perfect together. But so that was back in 2013. And then in 2015, I got a message out of the blue where she was like, do you, do you remember someone I told you about? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do. And she's like, well, she's single now. Would you like to meet her? And I was like, yes, I would. And then it just instant connection from there. But Again, it's like we talk about it all the time because it's like that had to happen. I had to be placed in that school to meet up with this particular person who no longer is in our life, but played such a vital role in connecting us. It, it's one of those. I, it's magic. I, I have to say it's magic or and the fact that we are soulmates in a way. And like, I, I do believe that we've had multiple lifetimes together because realistically, there's no reason why we would have met in this life other than that specific placement i had yes mm -hmm. yeah and, and i mean there there definitely is some some stuff where even even in re previous relationships where you were the same sex but like this sort of slave colony thing going like I, i'm seeing you guys in shackles and like one is behind the other and it was like even then you're at each other's back so, I mean, there was, there was no, it, it's like where you have the Milky Way, where you have the larger planets and they keep pulling in smaller, smaller bodies like this, this force can't even be fought. Gravity is going to draw you in. One, one client I had worked on recently, um, and I'm not going to say male or female privacy is the utmost importance, but the thing I learned because there was a lot of trauma going on in the family and 
kind of uh, rape, murder, incest kind of stuff karmically and in, and in present time separations. And it was like really traumatic as an empath to work on this particular person. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I got to, afterwards, I'm like, I got to go have a drink. Like this, this was some re really kind of dark stuff for me. And I was looking and I was telling this person, I was looking in their past, the person's past life. And I was like, oh, okay. So you were settlers, Mormon, moving out West. Somebody murdered somebody that, I mean, a bunch of people got killed. And I was like, they are really entangled now. And this, I had to do, I do visualizations with people when we're doing deep healing trauma. And I was walking her through this person breaking the chain. So the karma could be separated finally. Like somebody needed to visually kind of go in and say, okay, I'm not going to repeat this lifetime again. This is terrible. I don't want to have to keep experiencing this kind of pain. And it was, they were taking, they were taking turns, inflicting the pain on each other over and over and over again. And I'm like, this is, this is what is really intense about the time period that we're in too, because we're all being like, you know, threading the needle, so to speak, where our energy is being pulled through this really tight vortex and everybody is going through like, you know, myself included recently, um, this really dark shadow work and we're having to look and heal a lot of this stuff before the next interval kind of comes into play, whatever that may look like. But this this period that we're in is definitely a stepping stone into the future. As as dark and and bleak as it can look sometimes with things going on, you know, government and all the other mm -hmm. weird crap that's going on, it's um it's definitely a stepping stone. And do you think that is like the great reset? Because I, I tend to believe that the great reset is gonna I, I like to say the great awakening more so than the reset, but I do think that it's not going to be this apocalyptic nonsense that everyone's talking about i think it's more of a spiritual consciousness shift where people are just going to start rejecting this old system and moving forward it it depends where you jump off at an intersection we'll we'll start with that okay. so imagine that we have a spaghetti map and there's red blue green orange and then there's these overlap points and some souls are going to go on this pathway. Some souls are going to go on that pathway. 20% are probably going to be on the higher timeline that's much lighter and kind of, I'm going to say, more angelic. But there are people who are going to have to go through the Great Flood again. There is going to be devastation from what what I've been shown in visions. And what they refer to it as, and it's come up, numerous times in uh, channels, especially in Blue Star Prophecies, they call it the event. And they won't tell me specifically what it is, but it keeps coming up, the event, the event, over and over. Like, and I don't know if they know 100% what it is on, on their side of the veil either, that, you know, if what is going to transpire. And they, they, they've sig signaled me that the, there's supposed to be a Blue Star. And I've had that in, you know, numerous channels in that second book. But then in my my new book that I'm finishing up, um, channeled message for messages for the traveler, um, it came up a few times again. So they're still on this. 
this whole thing. You know, the blue star is coming. This this is supposed to be a signaling event that sets off everything else into motion. Which version or which path you and I are on, who's to say? Because, I mean, I, I you can definitely, if you're sensitive, you get the, the sense, the feeling that these there's this immersion of timelines, like they're collapsing into each other almost. Mm-hmm. And things seem murky and they don't seem like they, they used to. And then sometimes maybe you're even walking into a room or a store and it's almost like things energetically get blurred out. And then you kind of like, you become present again, but you're like, you know, you have these, these kind of weird lucid moments and they're fractional, mm-hmm. but spiritually your spirit is seeing it the conscious self is kind of unaware but there's this this kind of whole background story that's going on around us right now that we're not completely uh cognizant of yeah that's it's really interesting that you say that because i mean we went through a pretty i would say traumatic event the last like two years that finally kind of came to an end and there was a lot of karma and things like that uh i'll save that for another day but uh we we always say like the people that were affecting us, they're never going to like change. They're stuck in this like completely different reality where they live in fear and they believe in certain things that's on the news and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I just, we don't see life that way. It's really mm-hmm. fascinating to see how, how two people, two different families and whatnot can just be in completely different timelines going through the same event. And uh, another thing I wanted you kind of mentioned, it's like anytime we go into a store now and, you know, we try not to go to like Walmart and Target and big stores like that, but I almost can't handle it anymore walking in there. It's like, I don't know if it's just EMFs and the fluorescent lights or whatever, but I almost become like out of body. And it's like, I just have to like get through this and get through the store and get out of there. And as soon as I walk out, it's like, I can breathe again. It's, it's a very bizarre thing that's only been happening maybe the last maybe like three months or so but i i i can see where you're at and i i too experienced such a thing and what i've had to kind of learn to do is live behind a wall mm-hmm. so for example when i go to bed and and when i wake up in the morning or perhaps when i'm driving to work uh, i do a prayer set my intention, say thanks to all those that are helping me on their side. But I I have to put up multiple, multiple layers of protection around me for various purposes because even I'm, I'm a target, okay? So experience the whole energy thing tonight. It's, I, I, I get targeted. I, I, I experience occasionally psychic attacks or whatever or get attachments or... or you know, kind of negative thought forms that are out there. And that's something I I have to constantly be aware of and protect myself with great intention every day. Because if I don't, they will be on me. You know, you're you're a magnet for it. And now, do you think that's because you've had these abductee experiences? And that that's why you're the targeted individual? Um, or is it because you're channeling? Well, it, it, it's 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 for a lot of reasons because I'm sensitive, mm-hmm. and we're we're very outside of the whole ET thing. 
one of the greater themes that are going on here is the war of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And they know who I am and I know who they are. And they're very aware of people who are kind of outshining the other people on the, the board game, so to speak. You know, imagine if you're playing Battleship and there's one piece sticking up out of the board that lights up way more than the other ones. They most definitely go after that. Yeah, and I'm glad we went here because, like, I didn't know how far to push this because <laughs> I feel the same thing. Like, this this court battle we went through, it was literally a, a battle between good and evil fighting over a child's soul. Let's just put it how it was. And, uh, yeah, it's like any little, like, Anytime you would get ahead, if we weren't literally like putting armor on, <laughs> spiritual armor on, it's like something would attack you. Psychic attack after psychic attack, bad thought, like, and and I mean, we had to go through this. This was part of our shadow work for, you know, whatever reason, but we've become a lot stronger since then. But at the beginning, it was rough. I mean, like anything that they could latch onto, even this podcast was mentioned in court, like as a dangerous conspiracy pot, like just anything that they could, these parasites could try to leech onto. It it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was coming from every angle. And you just, you do, you have to learn how to, I mean, we incorporate crystals, intention, uh, I guess you could say prayer, mantras, things like that, but it's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's, um, I don't know. It just, you know, five, five years ago, I would have said, this is woo woo stuff. And, I wasn't necessarily, I've always believed in the paranormal because of my experiences, but this energy thing and stuff like that, I would have said was not real. But after experiencing these last two years, it's like, I, I just want to learn more and just know how to protect myself, my family. Uh, magic kind of comes into this, whether you want to, you know, some people call it magic. Some people call you, it intention. You could thing. call it intention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's one in the same. Mm-hmm. My, you know, you're if you're like going back to doing a distance healing, all healing is well, part of a great part of what healing is. I can't say the only thing is me setting intention to heal you and me dialing into what is wrong with you and where you're most hurt. Like your biggest, your biggest energy center hurt, for example, would be your heart, like your greatest wounds, your deepest wounds would be coming from your heart specifically. I was to tune into you. Mm-hmm. So aside from that, now that I'm sending you energy, now my spirit guides are going to come in and they're going to actually do the heavy lifting. So if something is blocking you there and, and I'm seeing that there's a fragment from some previous energy, energy, this is past life stuff that's there that needs to be removed. That's, that is what I'm sending somebody there right now to, remove that to pluck that out. So when you start healing people too, and you go a step deeper, you're going to start when you do this long enough, you will start to see physical manifestations in people's energy fields. So for example, I was working on a client for a while and I kept, kept getting drawn to our solar plexus. And then like, after like the fifth session or so, I was like, holy shit, there's a baby here. And, I, and so I was like, okay, I need to cross the baby over. So one of the things I do, I'm, I'm a crosser. I cross souls over to the other side. Mm-hmm. And so I gently extracted it. I had 
spirit kind of helped me just guide it through and help her kind of let go. And so I, I get to the end of the healing and I'm like, I, I need to ask you a very personal question. Did you have a miscarriage? And she's like, oh yeah, before that was the first, first one I had. I was like, well, you're still carrying the baby with you. So energetically, this person was holding on to that and the spirit in, in part of its manifestation was still there. And, and you can get attachments that way. And then when you get into people who are, who are part of the ET family or the contactees like yourself with your abduction event, there's a whole other, and this is one thing that's come up with a, just over the last, the last, I want to say three years that I started seeing this with people that have really like deep ET roots. Like they're travelers, they're star seeds, they're, they're, they're different energy matrix than other people here. And it's like, almost like there with with some of them, there's like this, like a circuit board or energy matrix that looks almost like machinery of spirit over them. These overlays that are kind of attached to, to them. And I know it sounds like crazy, but imagine like you're watching Iron Man where you have all these visuals coming up on screens and you have the things that are lit up like that. This mm -hmm. is literally part of what you're, you're seeing in their, their, like their energy matrix. And it's like the first time you see it, you're like, you think you're 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 doing a healing. You think like you're you're losing your mind. You're like, did I literally just see that? And then you start second guessing yourself, and then it comes up again in a different person. You're like, holy shit, this is real. So, you as as you're a healer and you start opening up more and more, you bring in different and more complex situations for you to heal in people. Spirit sends them to you, and I just have everybody's pretty much just entirely as referrals to me that I work on. So it, it's very interesting to see what kind of comes up in people's energy fields. Yeah, that is fascinating. Now, do you think someone like that is a star seed or has these abductee roots, do you think there's something different with their genetic makeup that causes that type of energy field? Or do you think it's... There's, there's definitely a big element of hybridization. Mm -hmm. And what what we generally feel is hybridization is you know from our perspective is or what you see kind of in media or say people's youtube video is you see it to the extreme where people describe it as there's a child she looks human but she has really big eyes and the face facial features look sort of only half human well mm -hmm. the hybridization and i want to say modification they want me to be very careful with the words here because they get upset when i talk about this is that there's slight influences that are being fed throughout the community and these people are sort of in well-placed pockets so the energy is being influenced back into the matrix here so to speak so sometimes they refer to this as fighting the war from the inside so they're they're altering time and space in us genetically, spiritually, and then they're also doing genetic manipulation that we do not even have the science to come up against. Our science is primitive. Even though we've broken down the DNA and the human genome and we've, we've mapped it, you haven't gotten yet into the holographic matrix of it. And this is what we get into with 
what they're really working on and how they can program, you know, the the human reality, so to speak, or the energy complex of who the human being is. And then when you go out in the world, you're like, oh, we're all human beings. Well, that isn't true. We have vent many different generations of human beings here in many iterations. And then you have souls that are coming from all over the place to kind of make this, you know, we'll say earth is kind of, it, it's always referred to as an experiment sometimes mm -hmm. as, as the farm too. And um, it's, it's an energetic experiment that we're trying to integrate a lot of different types of energies. All right. And we're, we're, we're dealing with extremes of free will and we're dealing with extremes of dark and light and the boundaries or, or the scope of which this can take place here is very, very broad. That's why it's an experiment. And the, the battle can go in either direction. And there's a lot of wiggle room. There's a lot of the, the parameters are very wide. And part of the, the tough part is that pretty much any negativity can come in here and take hold and try to weasel its way in. That's really interesting. And I'm, you mentioned free will. Now, are there other dimensions, realities, timelines, however you want to say it, are there other places that these souls come from that don't experience free will that oh uh, oh absolutely absolutely yeah. you have all variations all over the place and and what my my friend commonly refers to some of them they're ones that are really dark and they're almost you want to say two-dimensional as people uh the putins and the people like mm -hmm. that of the world um let's say biden and trump too i'll throw them mm -hmm. in there but you have people that are fallen souls. They come from fallen universes, very dark. They destroy whatever energy complex that they're in. They kill planets. And it's all about power, corruption, greed. And they get into a system like a cancer and they try to kill it. And they do this everywhere they go that they are able to get into. Then the third component that you have right now that we're coming up against, and it's coming up very very quickly is ai and yeah. this is now this came through a channel um i did in the last six months and um and believe it or not it was from a demon and i don't normally talk to them mm -hmm. but for some reason this one sage was allowed to talk to me so i'm like this is really fucking weird but all right i'll do this so i he ends up giving me this channel and talking about the battle of, of good and evil, light and dark, but that it's now a three-way power struggle here because AI has infiltrated its way into this reality. It's not not that we invented it. I was gonna ask you, do you think coming AI in from as an outside influence? And it had and I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, or maybe I'm having a flashback with another conversation, but it was there early 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 on they're like they're telling me like in the 30s and i don't know where it would get into or how it exists then but it was waiting for its chance to emerge and once it did and it divinely inspired all kinds of projects for us to create yeah i was i mean i don't i don't dive too deep into the ai stuff because it freaks me out a little bit but I, i'm even under the impression that it ai might have created the pyramids you know, like it, it can go back 
that far. And I have no proof of that. That's just my own thought, but it, I just feel like it was inevitable. It, it's definitely an alien entity and it does have a consciousness. And I don't know, my, my gut tells me it's demonic and dark, but I also think it can be used for good, but (laughs) it's, it's, it's its own energy mm -hmm. and it consumes. Okay. So demonic dark is its own. We'll say it's in its own, its own field Mm -hmm. too. And the war, the candle just popped. The the war that's being fought here is for consciousness, but the the AI battle is taking place elsewhere. So, one of the ET groups that I I've talked to that I've dealt with karmically, and uh, talked to in this lifetime is the Arachnid. So, as you can imagine, there any any version of uh, life exists outside of this one. We're just living in this little bubble here, but there's many different ETs that look like the weirdest shit you can possibly imagine. We'll just say that. Mm-hmm. So these are, these ETs are called the Arachnid. So they pull me in basically through my avatar in a dream, and I'm standing there in my ET body, and I'm in the room with them, and there's this white sheet laid out on the floor. And these guys they're badass they're they do not fuck around they're very wise and they're very involved in battling what this is this ai kind of war going on so out on the sheet in front of me is two spinal columns from uh, reptilian we'll say draco and in the top very top link like where your neck would be there was these two big metal each of them had a big metal ring and their control rings, and they had engravings on them. And what they told me was that these were AI. Interesting. They were physically inside of them. Market they, beast. I I guess. I mean, <laughs> any anything. There's nothing that can't happen in the universe. There's nothing that's impossible. Right. If you think it can exist and it's a possibility, a reality threat has been created and it's gone off on a tangent down the road to to live out that reality and that is part of what god does it mm-hmm. experiences itself in light and dark that's really interesting though these almost like a shock color in a sense like these reptile in this dream i don't know how deep you can get into it but like were these reptilians from earth like earth is obviously a special place and is it because we have free will here is that why everything is so drawn to earth or what what are your thoughts on that well i I mean if you go back to the story of like the beginning of time and life starts on one planet trotter and 12 species emerge from this planet and they go out in the universe and they start create life started creating life from one planet it's the story i was told and it is hopscotched its way across the universe and created different iterations of itself to the point where you have species like the Pleiadians, for example, that are a seeding race. So they were involved with us here and their DNA. They're part of the project in creating this species. But what I'm seeing as part of this is that you have to retain some 
some genetic material probably that originates from the this first birthing of of species where you you get to a point where you're so advanced and you climb the ladder so fast and you're energetically higher than these other beings that you end up missing missing parts of yourself at some point Mm -hmm. so you kind of have to transcend that and come back down into lower density realities and get into this other energy matrix to bring that stuff forward again so I, i i think we're kind of as spiritual beings, we keep climbing up and down this ladder and experiencing higher dimensions and lower dimensions. And somewhere in between, life expands again and recreates itself. So we end up playing God in essence. But going back to like the blue star and the AI thing, what I what I speculate, and this is maybe out there, is that when this this pulsar or whatever it is kind of finally blows up, it acts like an EMP for this universe and then wipes out everything off the electromagnetic magnetic magnetic spectrum, so to speak. Like if you blew up a nuke in the atmosphere, so to speak, where it wipes out everything electronic. I I am speculating maybe that's part of what it what it's uh what it does. Maybe it's the great reset button. That's interesting. So it wouldn't necessarily mean it was death and destruction of everything, but it just could be like, <laughs> I have so many questions. Wiping the slate clean, so yeah, to speak. Right. Or and- maybe that the, the universe periodically does this um, in, in various iterations of itself right. where something goes off the rails. The universe says, okay, we're, we're done with this, this now. Boom. Mm-hmm. And you know how many times has that happened here on Earth, where we have civil civilizations that have been stopped and started repeatedly, and then we speculate on how advanced or how unadvanced they were, but then we sit there and scratch our heads. Well, how did they make this? How did they make that? We don't have machinery that can lift these monolithic structures. How do, how on Earth would they? They didn't do it with you know sticks and rope. You know, right. I mean advanced technology and civilizations have come and gone from this place for a very long time we are just at a point where we're too egotistical to see beyond that i would agree with that i would definitely agree with that and it does it just like like i believe that these advanced civilizations had some form of the internet whether they were doing it telepathically through the akashic records whatever you want to say we have no concept of that because we can't tap into their network, their 5G. Maybe it was wiped clean, like you said. How? And, the, it's, and there's still soul memory of that. Right. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I had a life in Atlantis, too. And I remember that my sister being there, not my birth sister, but I was there with a sister. And then there was destruction and we died. I don't remember any more than that. I only remembered it because I'd met this person and it triggered that moment where it came forward. I had no idea that I had a, a life in Atlantis. I know I've had a lot of lifetimes here on the planet, but w- when you meet certain people, it's like the energy, you know, there's whether you call it spirit, soul, or it's in the Akashic records, something, it sparks something in you and then you know, the, the higher self kind of 
brings that energy down into the the physical being. You're like, I I know I'm not imagining this. I just saw that in my head. You know, it's it, it's very interesting how these things play out. And to sit here and speculate, you know, how you know how how the future will be. Um, I can give you this. I had one of I had a future dream. And it was uh, 4020 AE after the event. And I was in a forest, lots of trees. And I'm walking down the path and somebody's leading me down the path. It's evening. And I hear people talking off in the distance. And I get to the edge of the water and there's people across the lake kind of yelling to me and wanting to talk to me. And then I have to turn my attention around to the people behind me and there's like five people there and so i i approach them i start talking to them in in this this future this future timeline and i open up my hands and i have a holograph of the earth come up like you know just like you're projecting it like you like a computer would almost and i'm showing them that the earth tilted extreme on its axis and i'm explaining what happened to the planet blah 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 so i i we were having the spirit circle one night and I have my friend Kathleen who leads it. Who's the like kind of a head medium read it. I'm like, read into this dream. Tell me what you see. Cause I was like, this is what happened. This is a future timeline. She's just like, Oh, well, this is really interesting. Everybody has started living underground. They let nature finally come back and have its place in the world. So they weren't interfering with it. I'm like, it was interesting. That is interesting. And, and you see a push for that with, I mean, through everything. I mean, obviously, the other end of the spectrum wants to destroy everything. and But I've noticed in just like people I talk to and our friends and stuff, there is a huge push to get back to nature and just, you know, get rid of your front lawn. Let it let it just be a garden. Let it. So I think that's somewhere in our DNA to, to understand. Like, I don't think it's human or natural to want to destroy nature. <laughs> I think that is a parasitic infestation that comes in from whether it's the ai or the demons or whatever but yeah I, I don't i don't understand how people would want to destroy that you know in the more kind of awake and aware and we'll say realized the more mm -hmm. realized that you are the more you see these inequities in the world where you walk down the street and i i walk throughout a couple neighborhoods around me and i'm like there's constantly like airplane bottles on the side of the road the little whiskey bottles whatever there's garbage there's cans i'm like how can people just not care that much where they just throw throw shit out their window and like like how how asleep are you that you do that you know it's just throwing shit on the side of the road constantly blowing through stoplights other people mm -hmm. don't exist it, it you know why are we so fractured as a species that we're like destroying this, this gift we've been given? You know, it, it's, that's a whole rabbit hole we could go down. But um, I did want to ask you about your abductee. So we've, we've kind of mentioned some of the aliens you've communicated with. I, first I'll ask you this with channeling. What, how did you first realize you were channeling? Like, where, what was your first experience like? And how did you know it was well, 
another entity coming in or you know because mm -hmm. my, my thought so, I, yeah <laughs> go ahead i, I I'll, I'll start with the beginning of it if if you're healing people you're channeling you're channeling energy and so the story begins like this i was seeing my my sister my cousin-in-law uh michelle beam she's a, a psychic medium very very talented and she was doing a reading for me she's like i see you writing lots of writing she's like i think it's channeling or something i'm like really I'm like i mean i i had watched um what's the guy that does uh cryon and all that um i forget his name there's daryl anka i mean there's a bunch of people that are really really good um a abraham hicks uh there's a whole bunch of people that are really super good. And I'd watched watched this stuff for a long time. So it was always in the back of my mind. Um, and I had also read a few of the books from The Law of One, which if you haven't read those, anybody that's listening, stop what you're doing right now and go order them on Amazon. It's, it, it, it's one of those things you would have to read a few times. And these were trans-channeled books. And they're pretty incredible. And it focuses around the law of one, oneness. And that's what's a big theme in a lot of the messages that I channeled is oneness, that we're all one, no matter what, whatever side of good, light, or dark, whatever, it's all one. Mm -hmm. but, the duality of it all. Correct. And so going back to the reading, I I, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess around with this. And I had an intention in the back of my mind. I'm like, I really want to do something like this. I thought this a few times. Like, I wish I did something like this. This, I, this would give me a greater purpose in the world. And so I got a notebook and I sat down with it and I tried opening up. And all I drew was like shapes, numbers, and other stuff. And I'm like, I was like, nah, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. And then something like three months later brought me back to it. And I tried it again. And I tried it a few times. And the weird thing is you have to consciously put your mind out of the way because it gets in the way of all of this. That's the hardest part of the discipline is to get your stupid ego and your, your conscious mind out of the way. And that's in, in essence what I had to teach myself. And so I started just writing and sometimes it was gibberish. Sometimes sentences were coming through. So I got to a point where I would hear and recognize a sentence going through my mind. So that's the thread. So you, you sit down and you write out or you type out what that first sentence is when you clear yourself for it to come through. And then I started writing. And eventually, after a while, I, I realized that I was getting these sentences going through my mind all the time. And then if I, any given point, if I wanted to sit down, I could write out a channel and they're usually like 250 to 300 words on average is what I, what I do for a message. Um, and sometimes, well, a lot of times they'll come from different sources. So when I sit down and edit the computer to type, I have a, I just, because I taught myself this and how I developed it, it's just kind of an open door policy. So I have a lot of different people who show up, but there's similarities in the messages across the board. It doesn't matter who it comes from. So I channel ETs, uh, angels. I, I mentioned earlier that I spoke to a demon once too. That was weird. Um, I've talked to Hitler a number of times. 
Michael, uh, no, don't like Michael Jackson. Um, Anthony Bourdain, I've talked to a bunch of times. Uh, Herman Melville. I mean, a whole bunch of people that that kind of pop in. And sometimes it's because I'm reading a book by the person or I happen to, like, I'll be sitting there on the couch and I watch 30 seconds of a, uh, a uh, documentary and all of a sudden, boom, they're in my ear. So I run to the computer and I just start typing out a message from them. And so there, there is influence around me that brings it through. And some other times I've sat down, I've had a, this kind of a sentence or a thread going through my head and I have no idea who this person is. I've never heard of them. And that's one of the things that are exciting. If it's somebody new that, you know, I can find afterward and research, I'm like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Um, that was going to be my question. How do you identify these? Do they ever come right out and say who they are? And and another question, part two of that is, is there a difference between, I know you said you taught yourself how to type it. Do you get a better, maybe a more clear message doing it by hand or? When I first started this, I had to do it written by hand. So the first two books were entirely handwritten and then retranslated. And now I I jumped for this, what's in the last three years, I jumped to this typing on the computer where I can type it out. And I think it was just a mental block, mm-hmm. you know, that I, a bridge I had to cross in it. But now I just sit down and type it and, and, it, and it comes through. Um, and then if you're doing this, you also notice where people are standing that come to you. So sometimes you'll have um, angels that are like right in front of you. A uh, spirit guide could be off to my right here. Um, somebody that's like negative polarity could be standing directly to my left or kind of on an angle to the back of me is where a lot of people from the, uh, you know, crossed over souls previous lifetimes here will stand directly in that spot over my right shoulder. So you see the pattern start emerging as you do this. And after repetition, you you learn to see it and, you know, appreciate the little nuances that come from it. And I'm still, you know, after, you know, doing this hundreds of times, I'm still learning stuff from it, how it works and, you know, how it operates. And, you know, there there's always something new to, to get from it, from dealing with spirit or people on the other side, you know, because you, you eventually inevitably grow into it when you start doing it as a practice so you're bringing in different types of messages more complex messages um new spirit guides start emerging for you to help bring in different energies um when i first dealt with like uh tesla and um um hold on brain fart massive brain fart um not edison i've talked to him um einstein uh, that energy, especially like Tesla's, really messed me up. So I ended up connecting with this this other spirit guy that came in that evening after my energy field was really fucked up and helping fix it. So you, you, new people are kind of emerging all the time as you're coming into contact with different energies for whatever you're having to deal with, too. That's really interesting. And this might be a dumb question, but I... Do you believe some of these people that have uh, that you've channeled were they also channels as well? Were they channeling other people? Because I feel like it's very connected. So, like, you know, Tesla might have been channeling 
another source at the time. And now he's part of this web kind of passing this knowledge through to whoever's open to it. What are your thoughts? Well, on let's, that? let's Tesla. Just give me a second. What he's saying is I wasn't consciously aware of it, but I knew that there was something different happening to me. And he was a direct, he's saying energetically or karmically, a direct, he's mixing up the word, descendant of another higher entity that was bringing this energy, this knowledge back into himself. So another future version of himself was channeling it directly into him is, is what he's showing me. Very interesting because, you know, you get minds like that, that just don't fit into like the, the norm and they have these wild ideas, free energy, Einstein, relativity, all this stuff. And it's like, I, I don't want to discredit humans, but like, you have to imagine they were getting this from somewhere else because they just, <laughs> it's, it's it, so different, you know? And I have to, I mean, you, if you really, really look into it, a lot of the information is coming from, from alternate, alternate lifetimes, higher vibrational timelines as well. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they're definitely having influences come in, just like I'm being, you know, working with different ETs that are, you know, introducing to me to, to different theories and other stuff. And, you know, sometimes it's just a quick shot of information coming into your head and you don't realize that you just till after you look at it that you did channel some information but it was a quick a quick blurb or mm -hmm. a quick idea and one like an example of that would be and one that drove me absolutely crazy was they'll, they'll give you a sentence and they'll just drop it and there it was a while back and i was and I usually kind of when I do projects and stuff when I work, I kind of have a trance thing that I don't realize that I'm doing and stuff comes through while I'm working or if I'm doing woodworking or something. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, the human machine is what they said. That's all they said to me. And like, I'm like the human machine, the human machine. So it was one of these things where I just kept thinking about it over and over and again, the human machine. Okay, DNA acts like a program, you know, how how is that that program operating and then eventually i see i have a vision where i'm astral projected outside of the milky way and i see it spinning and then they take me close in to where i'm looking at the at the dna and then they show me in between the different segments of dna that there's these sections that are lit up like bright green and they're like they're pointing this out to me that like that's yours and so they take you from like these broader view of something up into the like a microscopic and they're constantly doing this where they're taking the broader universe the bigger picture of how everything is fluctuating and operating comparing it to the human body so micro versus macro constantly and mm -hmm. if you want they're, they're telling me like if you want to see the universe look into a child's eye if you want to see god look into a child's eyes look into yourself if you want to see what the universe is made of so we're operating as these tiny little systems of you know soul or spirit energy and in creating and the universe is doing it on a very large scale and is also doing it on a tiny minutia scale that's fascinating that's really fascinating and 
who did you ever get the source of who was telling you that? I would assume I would assume it was probably um okay, yeah. It, it was I have two main spirit guides that are ET. Mm-hmm. That and they, they operate as a mother and a father, Coax okay. and Rhea. So it was the one uh he's telling me it was me. Um that was putting that out there. And it's just little drops of, of water, mm-hmm. you know, into the water and the ripple effect kind of goes out until you have to figure out what it is and how it's going to integrate into other knowledge where they don't want to give you the entire story because you'll miss the nuances of learning what the spiritual effect is on everything else and how the spider web connects everything. So they're just kind of just giving you little breadcrumbs here and there where you eventually like sometimes it's 10 or 15 years later for me or even much longer than that there's been two decades in between information that I've received or visions that I've had. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it clicks one day and I'm like, Oh, that's what that meant. And, and it just, I mean, from the perspective of, of the human mind, it has to kind of go through this, this cycle of, of understanding and develop a, a different perspective of looking at the world to a point where it clicks in one day and you're like, Oh, that makes perfect sense. I totally understand that. Where if they told you this two decades ago, it, it would have been it would have been over your head because you didn't have any position to stand from. You you didn't self-actualize to get yourself to that point where you could observe such a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing in these lifetimes. We're hopefully climbing the stairs of evolution, you know, energetically, spiritually speaking, and getting to a better place that we can recognize things rather than uh you know the darker walmart kind of place mm-hmm. where you're going in buying sweatpants and bananas and going back to your apartment and watching 10 hours of tv straight yeah no and <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna ask you this too because i i'm just gonna assume and i'm sorry if this is incorrect but i i have severe adhd and it's so hard for me to focus on anything and i i feel like maybe you can relate to that like just how do you keep these all together because i'm not saying i i channel things i may i don't i don't know but there's so many thoughts going through my head at any given moment and i've been told my whole life it's adhd you need to be on medication you need to focus blah 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 i i haven't taken medication in years for that but since doing that i've opened myself up to so much more information and it's how do you for lack of a better word channel it and focus it into something productive it it it, it, exactly what you said channeling Mm -hmm. and what that because i have really bad add too they medicated me as a child and i was like i I can't pay attention or retain information to save my life Mm -hmm. unless it's certain things right unless you're interested in it (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or it's something to do with my job at work where I memorize 15 digit numbers and I can't, you know, but I can't remember somebody's birthday. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, a lot of it with you and who you are, and especially getting back to your, your heart chakra, the way you're asserting your will on your reality, there's too much assertion of willpower where you need to draw it back and kind of observe the universe and watch 
watch all these things. Like imagine that you're like going through space right now and you're seeing a star just kind of fly by. They want you to sit back and just watch your reality. They want you to observe it. They want you to notice that. And the fact that you are picking up on these, these little things and these little tangents are important to you, but how you open up your energy centers is going to influence that. So if you balance the energy from your back chakra to your front chakra, and you do really assertive work on that and then start to ground that, like really consciously ground that energy every day, it's going to shift that entire dynamic of, of spatial energy that you have going on up here this you're, you're kind of with energy is kind of ping pong ball. Yeah. Yeah. And where, where I find most people that I work on energetically when we start with them is they're living, they're living from where I'm pointing here on my shoulders up to here. So most people are only living in this part of their body energetically. So if you want to get into doing really heavy spiritual work, you have to get into the basement. You have to get mm -hmm. in first, second, third, fourth chakras. That is where the really, really heavy integrative work comes in the shadow work and we start rooting that energy and grounding it and moving through those issues the energy that you will have access to will be will surpass all this third eye and seven chakra bullshit that people are focusing on the real heavy duty spiritual stuff that you want the juice is going to come in through this other part of your energy complex it's where so people are told to focus on is like, oh, yeah, I've, you know, my third eye is open. Well, all that's going to do for you if you it doesn't have anywhere else to go in your body is to make you spacey. Mm -hmm. And you may go off on tangents here and there. But if you start focusing that inward and see where else that you can translate that energy in your body, it's going to open up in another whole other universe for you. And yeah, and it's so interesting. I mean, it's like, quite literal uh cleaning out the basement like we just moved here in july and you know like you do when you move you throw everything into the basement and you start working your way out and you know we were me and rosie were talking one day and i was like we had I, I was fixated on the basement i was like we got to get that in order because stuff is chaotic upstairs because there's no place to put it down here blah 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 well in the last like two months we literally have been cleaning out this basement getting rid of stuff making it organized and since the literal cleaning out of the physical basement in our home, things have started shifting in our life. This court thing came to an end. Um, a lot of other things that have just kind of, and for me, a lot of the times it's like the universe has to literally hit me with it because I'm so dense. It has to like, tell me like, yeah, you cleaned out the basement, but it's just interesting that you said that. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. Because I, I do, I definitely get spacey at times. But and, um, and there, there's a lot of stuff that sparks your imagination. And it, there's a lot of stuff we'll say with like social media, YouTube, it's like digital heroin. And you're like, oh, this is fascinating. This is fascinating. And then, you know, you, you watch, you know, a dozen 30 second videos and all that does is kind of, you know it Open triggers me. yeah it, it's it's just like it, it's sending you off on tangents and then you're like you're laying awake at night and you're like oh my god what about this i saw a video on this and you know 
people are becoming so fragmented because of this, what we're consuming digitally, it, it, it's a problem. And I, I you know, I, I'm guilty of it too, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it's, you get, like you said, that little dopamine hit, you know, did I get a thumbs up? Did I get a like, did anybody look at this? You know, yeah. it, it, we're constantly looking through this, this, this portal into the digital world for acceptance yeah. You know, do you think I mean, a lot of people in this truth community will say like social media is the black mirror is like, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you think social media could be used for any good or do you think it is just this like trap? It's, well, we'll we'll approach it from this angle, whether it's social media, whether it's television or any type of media or even a magazine. Dark can infiltrate anywhere. So you're in a system, an energy system where that is possible, because again, the constraints are very wide as to what can take place here. So the battle can take place on YouTube, in the cover of a magazine, it, you're going to see it take place everywhere around you, it could be on the billboard that you drive by on the highway every day. And it's signaling something within you, you know, Mm -hmm. good or bad. So we, we have to constantly be aware of what part of me is this feeding? You know, is this bettering me or is this kind of just, you know, dragging me with all these other people's energy, creating a collective of negative energy? Because I mean, there's a million things that you could focus on that are negative, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially you get into conspiracies and other other things like that. They're all very interesting. I find them fascinating myself, but, you know, it's at a point where you have to be like, Okay, I need to separate from this. I need to get up and go to work tomorrow. I, I you know, I, yeah, you know, it, it's <laughs> you got to spend some time outside. <laughs> like you, it's it's yeah. heavy stuff, and you just have to, yeah, you know, declare and, and, that. And it's not that some of the stuff isn't happening because it is, but we also have to exist in our own personal universe, mm-hmm. where if you're in this entanglement with, with all these other people. What is that doing to you energetically? What is it? I mean, look at society and how we're like on this downward slope where people are at their their wits end. They're they're burnt out. They're fried. They're stressed. You have people that are on all kinds of medications for anxiety. I mean, is this part of the programming that this is all happening in in unison? I mean, it's not by coincidence, obviously. So. Right. I mean, maybe humanity has to be brought to the verge to this this very point where it finally like is able to like pick itself up and say, okay, we need to go in another direction that this is not bettering society. We yeah. can't live we can't live behind computer screens. We need to interact with each other, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally. It, but yet this is taking us in the opposite direction where we're all hungry for attention or we're not getting physical contact from people and we're validating ourselves through some other person that is hiding behind a filter. Right you now. Yeah. And it's know thyself, be thyself. Mm-hmm. And I just lost what I was going to say. So I apologize for that, but I want to jump into um, some of your contact uh, e- contacty experiences because and abduction experiences because we were talking a little bit beforehand and you know 
I've had conversations with people. I, I suffered with sleep paralysis most of my childhood mm-hmm. from about 11 till I was 11 years old till about 2016. So mid twenties, give or take. And uh, it's interesting because once Rosie came into my life, the sleep paralysis went pretty much away for the most part. I had a few things that happened, but I have people say like, oh, I wish I could experience that to know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I I, I don't wish that on you. I, I would not, you don't want that because. Sleep paralysis is like being in a coffin. Yeah. Of your own body. It, it, it's yeah. literally the worst thing you can possibly experience. I've I've had it. Um, it's usually because I'm overtired and I'm exhausted and I, I fall back asleep after having woken up early in the morning and mm-hmm. is when it happens to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have it. As, well, I can say that there's been contact experiences where I've been like frozen, where I'm just like looking mm-hmm. that feels different than the sleep paralysis. Yeah. Cause it, being frozen with fear is a whole different. <laughs> yeah. It's, other, it's, it's, it's an other thing in they, um, part of what they're doing when they're coming in. I just learned this recently um, why they were showing themselves to me in little intervals here and there too was to shift my consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, other parts of abductions were um, like one, for example, they came up to the side of my bed and they had stuck a needle in between, uh, you know, that fleshy part between your thumb and your pointer finger. Yeah. Um, and that's an energy center, isn't it? For like, uh, yeah, if you acupressure. You yeah, for your uh, for headaches or migraines, I think, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there there was times where I I was having this sort of reoccurring dream where I was living in this other hotel, or oh, it seemed like a hotel, it was this huge structure, or whatever, and like I felt like I was there for a very long time, and I knew where everything was, I knew where the elevators were, I knew where the the cafeteria was, where the front desk area was. And I'm like, all it felt like all the faces of the people that I knew were erased from my mind. And, you know, I, I know I wasn't making this up. I wasn't like just being delusional. Like this had happened to me. It was like buried somewhere in my, my subconscious and going back to channeling, you know, stuff that I don't publish you know, they were, they were telling me one night was that, yeah, you were missing four and a half years of your life. I'm like, well, that's absolutely batshit crazy. But if you take but, into account sleep and different timelines and things like that, like. It... Well, they, they, I, they, I woke up one day and then they gave me the drawing that's in the vessel of one. Right. Where it shows the confluence points. Like this mm-hmm. is where we take you out of your reality. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the abduction experience a strong part of it is also astral Mm -hmm. where they're taking people and putting them into different bodies to have these experiences as well as physically taking them in some instances as well there's kind of a crossover if you start to really start to break it down and look at it and compare your experiences to other ones Mm -hmm. and then sometimes like when i was sitting in this medical office there's this et doctor standing across from me He's got a blue shirt, like kind of gold bands, like on short sleeves. It was kind of a late, like a um, kind of like sports shirts are. They're tight, 
-hmm. like a lycra material and brown skin his head is like has like these three kind of scallops going back on his forehead and i didn't feel any fear and there was a this metal cylindrical object on the counter next to me and it looked like a regular doctor's office you're sitting on those tables you know that the back goes up on and you have the paper that comes over. It looked like a normal fucking doctor's office, except he's there. Mm -hmm. And then I guess he had taken it and put it up to the back of my head here. And then at another instance here, it was some sort of implant of some sort or of another. I have no idea. But then in the next step of the situation unfolding, I'm out of body and I'm watching this happen to myself. Like you would have in a, a near death experience. And that that occurred to me one day because I was listening to a podcast where people were talking about their near death experiences. I'm like, there's something to this, and I, you know, I listened to more and more of them. And then the light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, holy shit, this is like my abduction experience. Except I didn't die. You right. know, I was back. At one moment, I'm looking at you face to face. Say you're the the ET, and then in the next, I'm like watching this unfold. So it's like this is going on for people that are experiencing this and it's like hard to tell am i really experiencing this is this a nightmare am i'm am i just imagining it and you wake up in the morning and you're just like the fuck did i just happen happen to me it, you know did i make it up so for a long time i was transitioning through this information trying to figure it out and it was driving me crazy yeah and, and i this... just just yeah <laughs> this is a common theme i have between sleep paralysis near-death experiences and now abductees it's not first it's first person and third person going on simultaneously yes and it's so hard to explain and i had a guest on one of my earlier episodes that explained it and he 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 gave it a phrase he like named it and i wish i could remember it right now i'll tell you later when i look it up but it's it's the most bizarre thing because like you said you're you're experiencing it. It's like you're seeing through the first person, you're watching it unfold, yet you're also maybe your higher self, whatever it is, is up there witnessing the entire thing. And it's to give you like this worldview of everything, but also this intimate experience at the same time. And it occurred to me, or it would happen to me a lot during these like out of body sleep paralysis type things i would have a lot of like i guess you would say astral projections or very lucid dreams that this would start occurring and then i would wake up in sleep paralysis afterwards and it's Oof. it's it, I, the only thing i can come up with is that it's my soul maybe coming back into my body and that's why the sleep paralysis is occurring and maybe something was trying to get in and that's what those that feeling is when something's sitting on your chest or whatever but and it brings us it brings us back to you know these bodies are avatars for the soul mm -hmm. and then it also brings me back to with seeing all these different and having all these different experiences and looking at it from different angles and then also having them repeatedly occur it was like how real is any of this you know what i mean mm -hmm. it is this sort of assimilation that you experience this and then you all i, I don't know if this happens to you but i i I spirit walk where I'm dreaming myself into different bodies on parallel timelines and other lives. And that, that unto itself is a entirely 
different feeling experience that's like very fucked up but it is (laughs) but something going back to what you said it's like i've had many weird lucid dreams throughout my life some have been underground some have been fighting these like a lot of them occur where i'm in like some type of military unit and it's the weirdest thing because i'm there i know the mission i know all the people i know i have the whole history in this moment as soon as i wake up though i can't tell you it's gone yeah and it's it happens too with a, a place that i go to I haven't been there in about a year or so now, but it's, I call it the university because it's this big white college. It's got red carpets. I know where every room is. I know. Have you, have you had that dream too, where you keep waking up in classrooms over and over and over again? That has been one of the constant themes with the abduction stuff where it's either medical or I'm in classrooms over and over and yeah. over again and then sometimes it's like i'm at a university somewhere and i'm like the fuck am i yeah and it's always like i know i need to be somewhere and it's the weirdest it's like i know the layout of this place while i'm in this dream or lucid mm-hmm. state or whatever but i go to get to the door i need to get to and it's like now the staircase is on the other side or something's it, something's always just off enough where where I think I'm going is is just a little bit off and I can never get to that space. And when I do finally get there, that's when I wake up and it's. So I have this experience and it's a dream abduction. I was physically there. I don't know. It, it's, it's very muddied. Mm-hmm. I'm out in a field and I meet these four or five other people. We kneel down and then we lock arms with each other and then we're sucked up like into a ship mm-hmm. and going up it was like all you heard was really loud wind in your ears and it was like being held underwater like does it feel move. almost like you're like taking you off the... in an airplane like turbulence or like you're going down on a roller coaster or because i've had that experience multiple times it, where it's like it's like you it's feel like you're... the yeah, it's like the air is just like, and so I didn't mean to cut you off, but it, I, I think I've experienced something kind of similar to that. It's like you're moving, but not moving. And it's mm-hmm. really loud and like you can't breathe for a second. Mm-hmm. And then I find myself in a classroom. Somebody's talking to me and the whole situation feels very friendly, very positive. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a classroom. There's a whiteboard, like a regular human classroom, but it's a very small classroom. And then I see on the the um on the board there's a painting like a Native American painting of a bison, and then they show me uh, an ink outline of like like an imprint like if you're looking down at the top of a bison and you saw the outline of it and it was just in black and it was the symbol for buffalo. Mm-hmm. And then I look up above the boards and they have a collection of cans that are energy drinks that I've never seen before. Interesting. Yeah. Very fucking weird. (laughs) That is weird, but it's, it is. And it's not like, cause I've had so many weird experiences like that where I'm waiting for this door to open or I'm waiting to get to this class and I get distracted by something. And it's like, there's always bookshelves or displays of, 
antiques or something that's always there to draw my attention away. And then when I go to get to the place I need to be, it's like, that's when it moved. Now that door is on the other end of the hallway. And now it's, it just becomes this like almost like maze that I have to run through, but I've been there. I've been there my whole life. I know this place like the back of my hand in the moment in that dream, but I couldn't tell you anything else about it right now. So going back to when you showed me the picture of that imprint you had, immediately what came to mind was radiation burn. And then the other information that followed to it, they showed you as a young boy, like four, maybe four years old in your pajamas, because you had a matching set of pajamas on and you were being, somebody was leading you by your hand somewhere else, like they were taking you. And then the other segment they showed me that with the mark on your back had to do with some sort of vaccine. Hmm. Is that what came to me? Interesting. The one I That's, showed you on my the back of my yeah, arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. That, I, I that 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 was not by accident. <laughs> no, and I've tried to look up that symbol. I, I don't know what it could be, and. I have not had anything like that. I mean, I usually like, I, I may have had like little cuts or something on my hand that like disappeared or mm-hmm. marks across my ankles. Like you, somebody had you like held down mm-hmm. and like, you know, like you had a seatbelt on that was tight and like across my ankles mm-hmm. in, you know, stuff that like randomly disappears. Like you wake up, you're like, oh, I have a little cut. I mean, you know. And that's what happened with this thing. I had it that happened on. It happened the Sunday of Father's Day in 2021, and I think it was June 19th at the time. I got to look up the exact date. It might have been the 21st, but uh, it happened on a Monday, and it was gone by Friday. Like, it was perfectly – it stayed visible, and then it just gone that Friday morning. I woke up. It wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And, I mean – you know, you go through the motions, you're like, all right, did I sleep on my cell phone cord? Was there a penny in the bed? Like, did something leave this imprint? Did I get bit by a tick? Like, no, that looked like a a, a burn. Yeah. And it's, again, I, I don't know. But you, you I mean, also get paranoid with this happening too, where you start to question everything. You know, it happened to me recently. I had a cut on my finger and I was showing it to my wife. She's like, no, no, no. You had that from days ago when you were working over your cousin's house. I'm like, oh. I thought it was from something else and I was wrong, but you get paranoid where you start looking at every little cut and bruise on your body or you go in the shower in the morning. And you're like, you know, you have it, you have a, you know, trauma from it, I, I mm-hmm. guess, PTSD where you're, you start to look at everything, you know, mm-hmm. because you, you found that it did happen to you and you're like, you start to question everything as well. When you wake up in the morning, like, where the fuck was I? Yeah, and the weirdest part is that the fact that my dog was going absolutely insane in the room when I woke up. And, I mean, he was a puppy at the time. He couldn't have been more than four or five months old. And he just would not come back in the house. And He saw saw something. And, again, like, a lot of positive things happened after that. We found out my son has celiac disease. Um you know, we were going through this court thing that had already started. And, you know, I think the symbolism of it being around Father's Day had a big role to play with that, too. But it, it's just one of those bizarre things that I, 
I mean, I would like to maybe do some type of recall with that just to see re- re- what, a regression. Yeah, but I, I I was completely drained the next day. Like I couldn't go to work. I, I was yeah. just it, it it zapped me. Whatever it was, <laughs> and it, who knows? Maybe they jabbed me up with something. But like, it's it's. It, it, they're saying to me, it's important that they got to you when they did. It was important. They had to interrupt. There was something going on. Interesting. It, was, it had to do with a spiritual attack of some sort, or but it was, it, it's it was not a coincidence that they timed it the way they did. So interesting. Yeah. Very but, interesting. <laughs> yeah, they. It usually, if people are experiencing this, it's from a really young age. You know, and they they know the souls that are here. You're just looking different this time. We're totally freaked out. We don't recognize who these people are that are taking us. And then there's the other component of it where we'll we'll go into my abduction experience. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those where you don't go to work the next day. I, I wake up, I'm on a ship. I feel like I'm suspended. That's my sensation. I have no clothes on. Mm-hmm. And I see the ET doctor again, the one that's brown skin, scalloped head, short. And then there's in the background, there's a black ET, big black eyes. And I had seen him previously. That's a whole other story. So they stick a needle into the back of my jaw probably to numb whatever they were going to do and then the next thing they do they stick a long rod down my throat and they pull this black goop or ball out of my gut and i'm like why are you doing this to me why am i here like let me go they're like we have to heal your cancer i never had any you know people were going to debunk it you didn't have cancer you weren't diagnosed with it i understand that but this was my experience. This is what they shared to me. And on a personal record, both sides of my family, fucking cancer up the yin yang, both sides. Mm-hmm. But um, they're like, yeah, we're, we're healing your cancer. So I, I wake up in the morning and I have this horrible pain in my stomach. You know, I eventually get the courage to tell my wife and it's a very awkward conversation because she doesn't believe in this you know that's that's her opinion i respect that and you know we have our own experiences and we choose to accept things into our reality or we don't and sometimes when you're on the end that we are we see things that we cannot unsee we have experiences that do not coincide with our normal life these are not a typical nightmare you have as a kid you wake up in the morning something is wrong something is very off and something happened that you cannot define rationally Mm -hmm. going back even further this black et in the room was another iteration of me another timeline i'm told in a channel afterwards i had run into this et previously out in the yard at night and it like drew me to it like i couldn't fight it and i I'm frozen in front of it and I'm looking in the eyes and like, it's like I saw the universe through its eyes, like stars. It takes its hand and runs it over the top of my head. And it was like 
running its fingers of like energy across the top of my brain, like nothing I've ever felt. And it was like, and then I wake up in the morning. But I find out later on down the road that this is another version of me abducting me. Interesting. So other other iterations of ourselves, whether it be parallel timelines or future timelines, are intersecting with these lives, these lower density lives, and well for you know, playing God in a sense, or or cheating. You know, that's really interesting. I'm going to tell you about another experience. Uh, you might have heard this one already, but uh, this happened in September. And I equated this to like higher self, but it's really interesting. Um, I usually get sinus infections. I would get sinus infections my entire conscious adulthood, life, childhood, everything. And uh, it was a random day in September. I, I just I got hit with it. It like came out of the blue this wicked sinus infection, you know, all the nasty yellow gunk. I, I couldn't even stay awake. I went and sat down on the couch and I just passed out, which is very unlikely, like unlike me to fall asleep at like 11 o'clock in the afternoon on the couch, passed right out. And then while I was asleep, I had this weird kind of out of body experience where I was walking through a crowd and I saw myself as a little kid six years old sitting on a sitting on a bench and there's people walking by but they they were kind of like shadows just kind of fading by and i'm just sitting there staring at myself and i walk up to myself and when i was six years old i broke my nose on my grandfather's boat mm -hmm. and i got this nasty infection in there they didn't give me like antibiotics at the time and it just it got bad and i had to be on all these different types of antibiotics so I walked up and I, I recognized that this was the moment I was sitting there with this broken nose because my eyes were black. My nose was broken. And I walked mm -hmm. up and I just put my hand, my adult self, put my hand on the child me's head. And we made eye contact and yep. I woke up and I swear, <laughs> Rosie will attest to this, sinus infection was completely gone. I haven't had any issues since then, knock on wood. And it's it's one I of those had, ones that just i i totally believe you because i had a similar a sort of similar experience except this this was convoluted and this just happened to me recently where i was laying in bed i usually get information like early in bed like an hour or two before i wake up or i have visions mm -hmm. so i i saw myself i'm laying in bed i saw myself in utero mm -hmm. and i was like oh i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go back and I'm going to do a distance healing on myself. I'm going to start because my mother was an alcoholic. She was a pill popper. I was, you know, both my sister and I were, were born um, with fetal alcohol syndrome. So I have ADD. I have a learning disability. I'm dyslexic. You know, I have these kind of fucked up problems. But, you know, this is what you get. You deal with it. Mm -hmm. So I started healing myself. And then I ended up going into this cycle of really, you know, afterwards after i did this you know i thought i was being all smart just heavy shadow work and this kind of heavy depression that was kind of almost bipolar and i started working on myself and then the ets that i'm in contact with saw through me that i was doing this and then they show me them making the connection from the future timeline back to myself where they took me at a month after i was born 
or like when I was a baby, they're like, yeah, we, we took you away for a month to heal you and work on you. So I was born with like feet, my feet facing in. I had like club feet, club like all, all these fucking birth defects. But they're like, yeah, we took you. F-, and they showed me in the split second after I started healing myself that they were able to connect the timeline and go back and take me. And they don't want me to use the word abduction because there's a negative pretense to it. Mm-hmm. But because I did this, I created the loop and they found me and took me. And then this is where it started from the future self, future timeline. Interesting. It's interesting. And that's so, <laughs> so it's, just, it's, it's the, too, it's too crazy for people to even understand, but no, I, I get time, it. Time is not, time is not linear. It's cyclical. It's mm-hmm. you're, you're in this, this, this pool, if you will, and mm-hmm. it's moving in a circle and we're having these realizations of self through these through this physical life experience. So wherever our consciousness takes us, we can have an experience there. You know? So you went back and healed yourself. You time traveled in essence and healed yourself. And you didn't have to think that you could do it. You just knew, you innately knew that you could do it. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it was like, I get bad sinus or got bad sinus infections, but it just, for some reason, this one just wiped me out. And I, I don't know. I was just, I, I knew the mission. As soon as I got in there, I had to go do something, see myself as this little kid. And it, it just snapped out of it and it happened. And again, people are going to look at me and be like, even my mother was like, ah, <laughs> that's a, that's weird. But like, I don't know, but I, I know what i did i know it worked and it just it's amazing and i I wish i could like do that more often for other people like i could like project in that way when i do like like kind of journeying with people when i'm healing them when i'm doing energy work on them i have them do a visual visualization where they go back to their childhood house and i have them go in there and you know leave the water on and all the faucets so it washes it out. I have them clean, you know, kind of symbolically clean out the house, open up the back door so they can start to heal that seven-year-old self that's been traumatized and they've carried that shit with their whole life. And then you have them walk through there and go back and visit themselves and like just a simple act of giving themselves flowers, do a lot of stuff, you know, for like that, it's for example, and it makes huge differences to people just connecting the energy from right now to then because the part of us that we're carrying all the time is the wounded piece of ourselves and that wounded piece is constantly being triggered by other stuff around us because it's playing defense all the time so you don't have to re-experience that but all that does is keep it alive right right and i i gotta go back to this uh utero experience because it's so did you give them the point in time so they could now go back they, they, they saw are, it, they already they saw it through me mm-hmm. like i have had this sense that i've always been watched mm-hmm. since i was a little kid there was always somebody there watching me and like you know you could be spirit guides but a lot of times you know here and there like when i was working in the garage the other day it's them mm-hmm 
and this is going to be a funny a funny story um one of them this these ets that visited me one night like it's a terrifying experience all right when you're seeing something else that's not human and somebody that's in your bedroom you're you're, you're freaking out mm -hmm. and it, it it stuck with me there's sometimes some of these things happen to you and you can't forget them you can't forget that face mm -hmm. and it came up to me at the side of my bed and I, I was out in the garage. I was working on my friend Kathleen's uh, wood that she gave me to make her a shelf. And then I took the other piece to make it into a coat rack. And her house is from uh, 1700s. So she took the wall parts, this antique wood. It's like 300 years old. She's like, we got to make stuff out of this. I'm like, mm -hmm. that's great. I will. So I'm in the garage. I'm working. And I hear Burgermeister, Meister Burger, Burgermeister. Meisterberg. And that's a character from uh, when Santa Claus comes to town, those Rudolph mm -hmm. movies. And I, I was like the whole time, Burgermeister, Meisterberg. I'm like, what the fuck? So I went to the computer eventually after I finished my wood project after a couple hours and looked it up. I'm like, haha, very funny. And then it says the mayor, you know, man in charge. I'm like, okay. So I we go in spirit circle. I'm like, I want you to talk to an ET. Okay, fine. You know, I'll entertain your craziness again. And then she immediately starts, uh, Kathleen immediately starts laughing. She's like, oh, he has a sense of humor. He's telling me to call him Bert. Because I told her the name. I go, Burger Meister, Meister Burger. She burst out laughing and he like came through right away. And, you know, he's like, oh, she, he's telling me that he was here when that tree was just sprouting when it just started growing like 300 years ago. And then the connection of life, how it, you know, spans over time. And I'm like, all right, all right, cool. Uh, was he there here to visit me for any other reason than to um, change my consciousness? Because that's what I was telling me simultaneously. And she looks at me, she turns around and it was like, he had like entered almost like her face. And she looked me dead in the eyes and it was like him talking through her. Is there any other reason does there need to be any other reason than changing you, shifting your consciousness? And it was like, you know, like, like you could see that he like stepped into her for a second. And I don't know if she realized that, but it was like, these are the weird things that kind of come through. And you never know when you're getting information, what it pertains to. It, it could sound like something totally crazy, but they're trying to make contact with you to show you, to make a point, to make you think, to exercise your brain. So you have to do the hard leg work so you spiritually expand. At least that's mm -hmm. been in my my case, where anything that has come to me, like even the channeling, mm -hmm. I had to really work hard to figure it out and to get to a point where I could do it. And, you know, I guess otherwise you, your soul doesn't feel like it was worth it. Like you didn't earn it. You know, like if somebody went to school and just gave you a master's degree and you never stepped foot in a classroom, right? What yeah. would the soul get from that? So, I guess the point of all these abductions, or a lot of them, you know, we're we're playing this continuation game. We're interacting with ourselves on previous timelines. You know, we're also influencing through these confluence points our genetic makeup and our story that's being told as a species you know, mm -hmm. while interacting with other versions of humanity that are going on here right now as well. 
So there's so many different layers to what the ET experience is that to to nickel and dime it and to, you know, look at the nuts and bolts is idiotic Mm -hmm. because there's so much more that's taking place when you have any kind of experience like that than just you know, somebody being taken board, they harvest it. And this happens a lot, you know, they're, they're harvesting eggs, but they know that it's an, one of them that they're doing it to nine out of 10 times. And they're agreed on a soul contract level to do this. And chances are of another version of them being there doing it to themselves is probably what's occurring as well, or they're there watching it happen to themselves. So we're jumping between timelines and lives and also the spirit aspect of ourselves, and it'll make your freaking head explode. No, but it, I mean, it makes so much sense because like in your book, you wrote that when you said, why are you doing this to me? And they said, you agreed to this. And if that entity was behind you and that was you or is you in a different form, it's there given the consent. Like it's yeah. really and fascinating. I was, I'm there watching myself happen saying yes do this to me and yeah it's just yeah it's like it it adds a different level to it that i haven't thought about before but it makes a lot of sense especially just just from my dream experiences i i know we're traveling between at least at the minimum we're jumping timelines all the time yeah all the time and so especially now mm -hmm. so to I mean, that doesn't shock me at all that we would have different iterations of ourselves or different forms, whether it be future or present, whatever it is. It's like, it makes, it just makes so much sense. And and they show us this through, you know, Marvel movies, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, nonsense. Philip Philip K. Dick. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's, oh man, there's so, dude, we could go on for hours. We're going to have to do another episode because there's so much to talk about and we're going on two hours here so okay we'll, we'll um, wrap it up but uh yeah and, and even the synchronicities too my son this was years ago i, I want to ask your opinion on on ghosts and spirits as well because i think this might tie in the guy you said the last entity there was bert and there was a moment where meister burger burger meister mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny like my son the little guy, this was, we were at the old house. So like 2020, 2021 ish, he would just come out and he would say, I'm talking to Bertsy. And we were like, what? <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, Bertsy, he died. And we're like, okay. So we tried to look up, did anyone named Bert live in this house or what? It went on for a couple months where he would mention Bertsy and Bertsy died. And he would say, he said that Bertsy died because he drank too much. And then he threw up and we were like, and I was like, for like, neither of us drink, you know what I mean? So there's no alcohol in the house. He would have no concept of that. He didn't say alcohol. He just said he drank too much. He threw up and he died. And it was like Uh-oh. this weird. Uh, and then it just went away. Was he, what was he like five or six when this happened or he was, was he? so it, like three and a half turning four. It's like up until the age of like five, it's like kids are so wide open. And then they, this happened with my daughter too. And she'd be talking to uh, my wife's uncle and great grandfather, whatever, all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, they're going off fishing today. And, or she'd be laughing 
and they're like telling her jokes and stuff and you're like what and and then one day gone mm -hmm. i mean the kid kids are just wide open to it because they're still soul wise they're a part of them is still on the other side of the veil and then when that soul really kind of comes in they hit a certain age they tend to sh shut it off you know like a wall goes up and then later on in life when they kind of go through puberty and you know hit 17 18 they can start opening up to it again consciously if they so choose or sometimes they're they just randomly open up to it again mm -hmm. where they have to go through that experience of shutting down well i think that's where the school system comes in to purposely shut that down because abc one two three mm -hmm. it just yes, it I, I mean it did for me i can't honestly and this could be abduction stuff too i don't know but like i really can't remember really anything from my childhood i have like one memory at age five maybe like one memory from each grade and that's about it i really don't i would say my consciousness awoke in like seventh grade that's when i really like remember Did you have things. like a bad accident when you were a kid like there was I... some such really traumatic event that happened to you not that I know of. The only thing was breaking my nose on that boat. And that, I mean, did that not wasn't you really... unconscious or no? I might have had a concussion. I, I had two black eyes from it, but it. Oh, you got hit good then if you had two black eyes. How yes. old were you? I was six. I was in first grade and I, <laughs> we were on the river and there was like a barge going by. So we're big waves. And I was underneath looking through the little porthole. And we went over a wave and I just smacked my face like right into the side of the boat. <laughs> it was like white carpeting on there. So there was a blood stain on there for a very long time. I think it, if the boat still exists, it's still there. But yeah. And then my parent or my, it was my dad and my grandpa. And they just put like, you know, dirty rag on it. And just, just hold your, you know, hold it there. They didn't take me to the doctor. They brought me home. My mom freaked out and was like, what the hell brought me to like an urgent care or something. And they were like, just give them pain, you know, Advil. It's a broken nose. There's nothing you can do for it. And then I, it turned into a bad infection after that. I speculate at this point if you'd had a walk-in or not. Um, another soul comes in. Interesting. And, and, and it can be for for the positive or the negative. And usually it's in the case of where one soul is like, yeah, I can't handle this. Like I've done, I've got everything I wanted out of it, but they won't waste the body. And then another soul comes in and takes over. And sometimes you'll see that you have a section of your life that's missing that you can't remember. You just, it's this fragmented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, again, I don't know. That's the only real thing I can think of. I don't know of any trauma. I yeah. mean, but that's not to say it didn't. Ha I I don't know. I, I but I can't say that there was one moment that. Yeah. Was. I mean, it, it's more. It, it when you have like an accident where there's like a, a smack to the head kind of thing, mm -hmm. where there's an opportunity for it to happen. Mm -hmm. But it it can also happen just on its own without severe trauma. It just happens more cases of it happen with people having serious right. car accidents or other shit like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like they wake up a different person almost to the extreme in some cases. And then in other cases where it happens when people are younger, it's much more subtle. Mm. You know, yeah. the only thing I can say is I was a very introverted, shy, uh, 
very shy child. I didn't like to interact with other people. Uh, my parents probably thought I was like autistic to some extent because like I could talk. I, I was could read, write, do math. I, I, I could do everything, but I was just so quiet and I was just very obsessed with like my toys, very sheltered too. You know, so I don't, if there was abuse, I, I don't remember it, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, so it's weird, but it, it's hard for me to really, like I said, I have like one or two, maybe, yeah, like one or two memories from each grade and they're all of me either crying or something scary happening. You know what I mean? It's nothing. It's hard. I, I can't tell you anything else. Whereas from like, I would say seventh grade. Right around when I started having a lot of sleep paralysis, I can, I have a pretty good memory of all of that, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. It's something that I've always, like, even my son will be like, well, what did you used to do? And I'm like, oh, I used to play with toys. I know I played with toys a lot. That was like a big thing for me, but I, mm -hmm. I, I would, I would bet that something like that happened. It wouldn't but, surprise me. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me, but we can we can talk about this more off camera. But uh Craig, this has been an awesome episode. I'm so glad that the energies did not prevent this from happening. I wish Rosie could have been here, but she'll be on the next one because we're definitely gonna have you back. But uh in the meantime, just uh tell everyone about your books. I know you have a new one out. Um, um Fallout. Yeah, my my novel that's was inspired by my abduction uh, experiences is uh, Fallout. That's uh, fiction, mm -hmm. and uh, that was just released uh, back in August. That's my newest. I have two books of channeling: uh, the Vessel of One, or and then there's also the Blue Star Prophecy. Um, you can find me on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or pretty much anywhere they sell books online. You can find me on Instagram at author. Craig Lefave, and the last name is spelled L E, F is in Frank, E is in Edward, B is in Boy, B is in Victor. Nobody's going to be able to remember that. I'll put uh, it all can... in the show notes, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, my website is dimensional-healings.com. I'm also on Facebook under author Craig Lefave. Craig, thank you so much, and uh, I can't wait to have you back on. Cheers.